98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Coming off the court, you hear it straight from a Suns player with Burns and Gambo. Brought to you by America Roofing, Arizona's number one roofer online at americaroofingco.com. For a free estimate or 10% off any roof repair, that's americaroofingco.com. Phoenix Suns, winners of eight games in a row, back in action tomorrow night against the Golden State Warriors. And joining us right now on the 72 Sold Sports Line from the Phoenix Suns, Landry Shamit, who joins us here on the Burns and Gambo Show, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Landry, welcome back to the show. Thanks for calling in. We appreciate it. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Alright, be honest. When you when you joined the Suns this off season, did you did you realize you were joining a team that was this good? <laughs> yeah. Uh I've been saying it from the jump. Um I understood. I was even saying it last year before, you know, playoffs even happened and whatnot. Just every time I was on the other side and playing against this group and you know, Bonnie and Book. You know, Chris, everybody. I mean, you can go down the list, but just, you know, the group, the collective unit that they had already going and, and the culture that they had going um, and how they played, uh, you could just get a feeling that, you know, there was something brewing there. Um, and, and honestly, when I joined, you know, this offseason, I, I had I knew the expectations were high and I haven't made it to the finals and, you know, the. You know, the precedent on that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, none of it's really surprising, um, to be honest. And it's just really cool to, to be a part of it and you know, continue to, to grow this thing. Yeah, it's 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 been incredibly fun to watch this all season long, and we've both been here covering this team for you know twenty five plus years. So to to watch this is amazing. There's been so many fun games, but I really really want to ask you about that Timberwolves game, um, the feisty game that it was, and you you were incredible in that game. Nineteen points, you you hit five three pointers. Book was playing like somebody you know shot his dog, and and you guys were just that, that was a lot of fun. It seemed like you guys like. They came out, and their fans and them, they wanted to make a statement on you guys, and you you were having none of it. How much fun was that Timberwolves game? Absolutely. I mean, any, you know, hostile environment like that, especially early, you know, when they go on a run and full adversity there, you know, it seems like everything is, you know, it's a, it's a cool environment to be in when you know everybody and they wants to see you fail and see you lose, and, um, and especially when there's some adversity thrown in, so... Uh, it was a lot of fun, um, hectic for sure. But you know, the, the keys the key is that you know we always find a way to stay poised and stay under control. Um, even if we did have a few texts or whatever, but you know, we we stay poised and um, just find a way to win the game. And, that's what we did and what we've done over and over this year. How do you, and I'm thinking about the Minnesota game, but then I'm thinking about the next night in Denver, and then I'm thinking about Philly, and, and I'm thinking about poise and control, and, and how would you describe to fans what it's like when you're out there in the middle of these games where you're down 15 to Philly and it doesn't seem to matter. You're on the road in Denver on the second night of a back-to-back in altitude, and it doesn't seem to matter. How do you describe what it's like to be in these games where it doesn't really seem like none of it really matters that at the end you guys are going to be the better team in the fourth quarter and that's going to be that. How do you just what's what's it like to be in a game like that? Yeah, I mean, anytime you know, in any any walk of life outside of even basketball, you know, if you're if you constantly expose yourself to 
somewhat stressful, strenuous, you know, challenging situations over and over and over again, and you you continually find ways to you know overcome them, get through them, and get to the other side and in good fashion. You know, that's that's essentially what we've done, what we're doing. Uh, you know, early on in the year with COVID and injuries and you know all the stuff that was thrown at us, and everybody on this team's been in a position to have to step in and. Um, help us, you know, win those games. So over time, you know, we continue to be exposed to these things. Um, you don't get stressed out because we've been there. You know, we've been down and you know, we've been up big and we've had injuries and this and that and, you know, guys out, you know, coach out. We've been playing without our head coach for a stretch this year, you know, like it, all these things, they, they play a factor and ultimately build, like, pedigree of what this team is and, um that's really, I mean, if, you know, if we keep chopping away and coach talks about all the time, the wear down effect, you know, if we keep controlling what we can control and do what we do, you know, we feel really good about where that's going to lead us and where we'll end up. So uh, it's about making the right adjustments and, you know, just staying the course. Where do you think you turn the corner this season? Because for a good portion of the year, a lot of people were questioning, you know, the you know the, the the signing, the extension you got, and wondering where you fit in with this team. And then all of a sudden, I mean, you know, the, the, the Kings game in overtime, you were fantastic. All of these, you know, it seems night in and night out, you're contributing on a regular basis. Was it a confidence thing? And where do you think this season turned the corner for you? Um, you know what? I don't know. And I'm honestly not worried about it. I, uh... You know, truly, maybe I'll sit down after the season's over and look back or whatever and reflect. But I, with all due respect to your question, like, I, you know, I don't care. I'm thinking about in the next game and moving forward. And, um, and that's that's where I'm at. You know, I can't change anything about the past. Can't dwell on it. Can't, you know, worry about it. Um, you know, I'm, uh, that's kind of just where my headspace has been, where I'm at. And um, maybe that has something to do with it. But, um, I don't know. I'm just trying to do my job and uh, get, get rid of the external noise and all the other things I can't control and just, you know, you know, focus on me and the next game. And, and that's that's really all I'm worried about. Landry Shamit, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Something else that we've talked a lot about is sort of what happens now. You, you've got these seven games left, uh, still a couple weeks left in the regular season. Everything is is locked up for you guys. I, I know you find your motivations from different sources and, and things like that, but in terms of what to expect down the stretch, do, do you think guys will see minutes cut a little bit and there'll be some rest, or is that just not how this team is wired? in your opinion, Landry? Um, I mean, we'll see. You know, things will play out the way they, they will. Um, I'm truly not really even sure. We haven't talked about it, but that's more than anything our pedigree. You know, we're not talking about it, even if things are going on and, you know, guys are going to sit out or whatever and get some rest. That's not a bad thing, but that's not on the forefront of conversations we're having. You know, just because you know, we're still trying to go out and win games regardless. Uh, you know, you want to get our rest, but we also want to work on you know, things that will hopefully add to our tool belt in the playoffs and whatnot. So, um, you know, I mean, that's just part of where we're at and the luxury of being, a, you know, having a onesie clinched up that you can kind of toy with some things and work on some things and rest guys and do all that. So we'll see how it plays out. But we, I mean, you know, we're competitors and we know we're pretty close to that record of, you know, the franchise wins. So guys obviously want that and, 
want to be a part of that. So, um, you know, that's like you're talking about finding motivation. That's, that's you know, a good one there, too. So yeah. um, we'll see what plays out. And, uh, yeah, we put ourselves in a good spot. So now we can, you know, kind of reap some of the benefits of it here at the, the last stretch before the playoffs. So anything surprised you about the the way this team played without Chris Paul when you've had to play without Chris and Devin at times? Is there anything that surprises you about just the quality of depth on this team? Uh, no. I mean, I knew when I signed with this team, you know, how good everybody was. You know, we, I mean, truly, like, deepest team in the NBA. We, we feel that way. Um, we have a lot of guys who in other situations would be in, you know, just – it's just the truth, you know, like guys are, we have good players and unselfish guys who have, you know, kind of, we've all gotten over ourselves, you know, and, and coming here, you know, so, uh, in, in order for the greater good to, to benefit. So, um, without those guys and just the blueprint of how, you know, coach Monty, uh, has set things up with how we play in our offense and defensively and the collective style of basketball like it's you know pretty pretty seamless not to say that you know chris and book aren't who they are obviously we know we all know that but um you know the the, the blueprint now we play is set up to to hopefully you know you know uh, reap success for whoever is in that that lineup it's been a real joy, Landry. We've uh, we've we've appreciated every single minute. We've enjoyed watching every single minute. We're going to continue to enjoy watching it all. Thanks for taking a few minutes out of your day to join us. We really appreciate it. All right. Best of luck the rest of the year. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, fellas. You got it. Thanks, Landry Shamit, joining us on the seventy two sold sports line. Get your price at seventy two sold dot com. You can text us your thoughts. The FanDuel text line, it's always open to you during the Burns and Gambo show. Text us at 620-620 right now. Let us know what you're thinking about anything we've got going on here on Burns and Gambo. When we come back, this Suns team will go down in history as one of the best to ever do it. And when they reach a certain number of wins, if they get there, they're going to join a really exclusive club in the NBA. How exclusive? We'll tell you next on the Burns and Gambo show. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. And listen live on the Arizona Sports listen app. Listen live on the Arizona Sports app. Home court advantage. It's a privilege granted to the number one seed in the NBA playoffs. The Phoenix Suns are that number one overall seed this season. CP3 departed with them as the best team in basketball record-wise, and he came back, and they still the best team in basketball. It's an extraordinarily impressive Operation. Suns run to the playoffs. Presented by Canvas Annuity. And who they're going to play as the number one seed in the Western Conference. Maybe there's not a lot of drama to that left anymore. Gambo, have you seen the score of this Lakers game? Holy. I, I, oh, I'm, I'm, holy crap. I'm going to guess. Okay, guess. Can I guess? Yeah, there's five and a half minutes to go in the second quarter. They're playing okay. the Dallas Mavericks okay, on midway the road. Through the, midway through the second quarter. Yes. They're down 14 points. <laughs> they're, 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 down, they're down 25 points. Oh, my God. <laughs> they're down. They're down sixty-five to forty. Oh, in the, with, in oh the, my God! Dallas is going to score two hundred points. Dallas tonight. is going to score two hundred points. They're going to score two hundred points. It's Lakers, never been. Oh my God! The Lakers have given up sixty-five points, and we're barely halfway through the second quarter. 
It's 65 to 40 right now, Dallas. Is it's even worse if you watch it, too. Oh, Every terrible. time I've looked up, it's just been it's, terrible. It's, I've got it on here in the studio, and it's it's just, man, can TNT, there's got to be another game TNT can show. Like, there's got to be another one that's better than right. this, because it's just garbage, hot garbage right now. Man. Yeah. Um, wow. I, okay, I'm just looking up. Most points that a team ever scored in a game is 186. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. If, I don't know if they're going to get there or not. Well, the Phoenix Suns in 1990 scored 173. I vaguely remember that game. They scored 173 points. The Phoenix Suns yeah, against I, the Denver Nuggets. Against the Nuggets. Yeah, vaguely remember. Cedric Sabalos had 32. Kevin Johnson had 17. <laughs> I think everybody had 32 in that game. Wow. Every single guy wow. who played. Yeah. Marley had 21. Chambers had 20. Mark West had Sabalos had 32 off the bench. Kenny Battle had 23. Hornacek had 12. EJ had 12. Woo. Yeah. Um. My, it's unbelievable. I mean, it's, it's that's why. Like I think that I think that they've got to find an excuse. LeBron can't play the rest of the games or something. This team's this this, this team's got no heart. They got no heart. Nope. They, they, they need to go to the Wizard of Oz, go to Kansas, wherever that is. They got a heart. They got no heart. <laughs> and I know Anthony Davis isn't playing tonight. And I know LeBron isn't playing tonight. It just doesn't seem to matter much anymore with this team. They are getting humiliated tonight. So obviously that's what's going on in the bottom of the wow. Western Conference. At the top of the Western Conference, there sit the Suns. Seven games to go. The question is, how many wins are they going to end up with? You just heard Landry Shamit a second ago. He said, look, there's obvious motivation in getting to the franchise record for most wins in a season. That's 63. You're two wins away from that. The Suns are going to get there easily. The Suns are going to break that record easily. question is, where do they end up after that? Now, Bill Simmons... On his podcast, the Bill Simmons podcast, started was talking a lot with Ryan Rossillo about the Suns. And he was talking about 66 wins and how, man, if they can get to 66 wins, which would mean they go 5-2 and two the rest of the way. There are 17 teams in the history of the NBA that have got to 66. I mentioned this because I just mentioned 17 teams. So there's 17 best records ever. 12 titles. One of them lost in the finals. And then the other four times didn't work out. But 12 titles. So if you're 66 or higher, you already have a two-thirds chance to win the title, according to history. And then he doubled down, and he pointed out that if you get to 66 wins or higher, and you're nine games or better than the second-closest team in the standings, those teams have never not won the NBA Finals. Never. And there's only been seven of them. There's only been seven teams in, in NBA history, and if anybody would know, it's Bill. Seven teams in NBA history that have won at least 66 games and have done it nine games or better than the second-best team in the NBA. Suns right now are pacing for both of those. No team has ever hit both of those marks and not won the NBA championship that year. Doesn't mean they're going to win it, but I thought you pointed out something really astutely earlier in the yeah, show. It's it's it, you better win it if you're the Suns. You better. Yeah, it's you want to win it. Yeah, you, you you need to win it. You have to win it. They, you have to win it. I mean, that was my point. You may want to win it. Sure, everybody wants to win it, but they they have to win it. I mean, and and I said this to you earlier. There is. There is no team that has ever played uh, professionally or even collegially here that needed to win a championship more than this team does. Not the ASU team with Jake Plummer that lost to Ohio State. Um, you know, not the Suns team that lost to the Bulls. None of the Diamondbacks teams. Um, Coyotes have never really had a team that, you know, that 
that, that got to the Stanley Cup final, so it's hard to compare them. But yep. uh, you know, go through go through the diamond the, the Cardinals team that lost the Super Bowl to to the Steelers. That that team went in, and it, Chris Collinsworth said it's the worst team to ever participate in the playoffs, and they they had only won nine games that year, I believe. No team needs to win a championship that's ever participated in sports here in Arizona more than this team. They need to win it. Not that they want to win it. They have to win it. They yes. have to win this thing. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. And, and I, I was thinking about it ever since you said it. I think the only two teams that even come close, and they're not, the only two teams that even come close are the ASU Rose Bowl, Jake Plummer team from all those years ago, and the Cardinals when they went 13-3 and with Carson Palmer as their quarterback. Those are the only two teams I think you could make an argument that, man, they were they were so good. And, and there was at one point with that Cardinals team, that Carson Palmer team, where I remember they, they, they beat the Green Bay Packers, and we were in here the Monday after that. And I'm like, that's it. That's, that's the team that's going to win the Super Bowl. They are the well, best team Carolina. in the NFL. And, they, yeah, they went to Carolina, and they lost the, the way they did in the, in the NFC Championship game. But you're 100% right. There, is, there has never been a team that goes into the postseason with the heaviest of expectations that they should win it more than this one. It's just that the, in nope. the history of this market, there's never been a team that's got a heavier weight on them to win it all than this team does. I said to you, we've had a lot of what ifs in this in this state. We've had a lot of what ifs. Right, the San Antonio Holmes. The what? What if, what if Larry Fitzgerald tackles James Harrison? You know, right. down the sideline, and he doesn't get in the end zone. What if? What if David Boston doesn't make that catch from Joe Germain? What if? This have had a lot. What if Boris and and Amari don't come off? The, we've had a lot of what ifs. We've had a lot of what ifs. Uh, this can't be a what if. This cannot be a what if. There's the, they can't. It can't be. Anything short of winning a championship is going to be a a failure. And it's hard to say that because of how great the season's been. But this. This team is destined to win the NBA championship. They're better than everybody else. It's not even that close. They're better than everybody else. So for them not to win it would be, it would be, it would be devastating. It would just absolutely be devastating. It would be uh, something that a lot of us would have a hard time getting over. I would be devastated. I, I, I'm, I'm playing through the scenario in my mind, trying to imagine that they don't win it all, and it would be. Well, don't do that to yourself. I, I know it'd be. It'd be soul crushing. I mean it really would. And that's a lot well, of yeah, there's a lot of pressure going into because the in the NBA playoffs, man, there's a lot right. of stuff that can happen. There's a lot of different scenarios and a lot of different things and ways it can break. But you're 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 not wrong about anything that you've said but about. But here's why. Here's here's why. Like Rosillo and Simmons are giving us all of these numbers, which is great, and it backs up the fact that they should win it, right? No team that's ever finished nine games better than anybody, right? They're giving us all these numbers. Right. What does the eye test tell you? That they're the best team in the NBA, and it's not even close. Yeah, like like there's so, like there's nobody else who's even in the same zip code as they are no. when it comes. And that's what what are, what are coaches saying about these teams? You got to play a perfect game to beat them. You got to play a perfect game to beat them. You can't make mistakes. You make a mistake, they bury you. They're so good. There's like everything you hear from what we hear from Doc Rivers, and we heard from uh, Michael from, Malone. Uh, Malone yeah, we're hearing from all these people. They know. I mean, you, you almost got to play a near perfect game to beat the Phoenix Suns. Like the eye. So the numbers back it up. I get it. The numbers back it up. But the eye test backs it up even more. The eye test is that this team is this team. This team. They're not going to lose four games to anybody. Can you imagine? Can anybody envision the Phoenix Suns losing four games to a team in a seven game series? No. Not now. No. no. 
So they have to win. They don't. They don't. Yeah, they want to. They need. They they need to win. They have to win. They have to win this thing. The Arizona Cardinals still have a need for a wide receiver opposite DeAndre Hopkins. So going into what is the third week now of NFL free agency, could the answer be his former teammate in Houston? Somebody thinks so. That's next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Five thirty in the afternoon here on the Burns and Gambo Show. It's halftime. Mavericks are beating the Lakers eighty-two to fifty-six. Oh my God! They got to eighty-two points. <laughs> oh my God! Uh, it's just a mess. How many minutes does Luka get in the second half? Halftime. Yeah, eighty-two points at halftime. This teams this year that haven't scored eighty-two points in a basketball game. Well, there are eighty-two points at halftime. Uh, what, what did you ask, Mitch? How, How many, many minutes does Luka get in the second half? Uh, I, I, probably not a lot. Not too much of a reason to give him a whole bunch of minutes, but uh, the Lakers are. I don't know, but part of you, right? I, I said this the other about the, the Laker game when they had, when they had like the Suns had what forty eight at the first quarter. <laughs> it's like, man, part of you just wants to beat them so damn bad. Sure, just like you got to come into you, man, and just pour it on, and just pour yeah. it on. Now it appears that that Anthony Davis will be returning sooner rather than later. Not in this game, but according to Chris Haynes, uh, Anthony Davis is targeting. A return on Friday. So we'll see. LeBron James is expected to miss. So what? I know. Thursday's game in Salt Lake City. At this point, I, it just really doesn't matter very much anymore. So that LeBron's going to miss the next game, too? That's what uh, Chris Haynes is reporting yeah. that LeBron James anticipated to miss Thursday in, Lo- yeah. in Salt Lake City, sure. and that Anthony Davis is targeting a return on Friday. That's Need an to excuse for why you don't make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was hurt. It's, yeah, all, okay. it's all baked in, it's all ready to go. So, um, the uh, suggestion of what the Arizona Cardinals should do with the rest of the offseason. And there was, I can't remember what website it came from, but you sent me this this morning. Mo- two moves the Arizona Cardinals must make to complete their 2022 NFL roster. One of them was in free agency. One of them was in the draft. Let's start with the one that's in free agency because it's it. what we teased. Sign wide receiver Will Fuller. A couple of seasons ago, they write, Will Fuller was a dynamic deep threat for the Houston Texans. Last season, he struggled to stay on the field due to suspensions and injuries. The Cardinals could sign him on a bargain contract since he's coming off an injury. This would be a good fit. Arizona has an explosive offense. Fuller would also be reunited with DeAndre Hopkins, who he played with on the Texans. I'll get to part two in a minute. I want to hear what you have to say about Fuller first. Yeah, he's still you know, relatively young. Um 27 years old, decent, decent size at six one, and um, you know is you know, he took a leaf. He took a leaf from football for some mental health reasons. So I'm going to say that that's not a guy that they would that they would target. I, I don't think that Will Fuller would be a guy they target. I think that they'll try to do better than that. Um, he's never, you know, the most yards he ever put up was eight seven. He's not a bad player when he played. He was okay, but I think he, you know, underachieved based on being a first round pick and you know thinking that he was going to be you know a great player. He's never had more than fifty three receptions. In a season, he's never had more than 879 yards. Um, had to leave the game to deal with some issues, which yep. if they're cleared up, I think you got to take. You know, maybe you take a look at it. But I'm not. I, I mean, I would lean towards no on them getting him. I, I mean, I, I know. Look, at some point, at some point, they're gonna sign one of these wide receivers that are out there, and they're gonna sign one of these guys who are out there to kind of a bargain basement kind of deal, right? A one year deal where you know you're making four million, five million. 
whatever the case may be. Honestly, something similar to what they signed A.J. Green to last year. And who knows, maybe it's even A.J. Green. You have mentioned a couple of times that's a at least a possibility for them in terms of a guy, a wide receiver they could sign. Will Fuller, it seems to me that just about every wide receiver you'd look at right now has some sort of flaw attached to yeah. them. And, and, right. and Will Fuller is no different than anybody else you might consider if you're the Cardinals in that spot. I don't know if reuniting him with DeAndre Hopkins would bring out the best with him. I, I had always assumed, quite frankly, that Will Fuller would end up wherever Deshaun Watson ended up. And now that Watson's in Cleveland, I, I kind of thought maybe that's where Will Fuller would go because that's been his quarterback for the last several years. But I don't know. It's it's going to be whoever it is, Gambo, it's going to be a guy like this, right? It's going to be a flawed player who's got a lot of questions and a lot of holes in their game, it's going to be somebody like Will Fuller when it's all said and done. Yeah, I think Fuller, like, I, I, Fuller's been okay. He hasn't been that good. I don't think he got along with DeAndre Hopkins when he was in Houston for those years. And, you know, stepping away from the game could be a red flag. I mean, it could be a red flag. And, you know, uh, you know, coming back, you know, if he comes back for a couple of years and everything's good, but then the red flag goes away. But right now, I think there's still a red flag, you know, on him. And you may not want to invest in that. So I think that they'll probably try to do better. There's still receivers out there. Like I said, I do think that, uh, I do think that, uh, AJ Green is an option. There's probably some other guys that are options too, but maybe, you know, maybe it just comes down to like they, they, the guy you know, right? The guy you know, you know AJ Green. You don't. You can say, okay, I don't love him, but I, I think knowing AJ Green, the production he had, they might feel comfortable with AJ. The other thing this website suggested the Cardinals do to complete their 2022 NFL roster was to draft George Karloftis, the pass rusher out of Purdue. He's actually one of the five guys, considered one of the top five pass rushers, edge rushers in this draft. Aiden Hutchinson, this is according to Pro Football Focus, Aiden Hutchinson out of Michigan is number one. Obviously, he's not going to be available. Kayvon Thibodeau, he's not going to be available. Karloftis, we'll see. Jermaine Johnson from Florida State. Boy May from Minnesota. Those are considered the top five edge defenders in this draft. And if it seems early, if you're listening to the show and it seems early for us to be talking about the draft, it's not. The draft is four weeks away. Free agency has slowed to a crawl. This is the next big thing that's going to happen to the Arizona Cardinals. And so it's time to start thinking about this. And their suggestion is to go get a really good edge rusher out of the draft, yeah. which is, I know, something you've been talking about. Yeah, listen, that kid, he blew everybody away at the at the pro day, right? When he, it was 30 degrees outside, he goes out the 21-degree wind chill, and he goes out there shirtless, and he busts it down the line. And he, you know, he ran his four point seven six forty, and then he got a lot of attention when he ran that uh, that that forty. He had, listen, he was a good player at Purdue. I mean, it's a good story. I mean, he's a great kid. He was on the water polo team, uh, so he wasn't in pick up football till later. But he really excelled at Purdue, getting to the quarterback, getting those sacks. He's got a great worth work ethic. So there's a lot to like about him. I mean, he's one of those risers, right? He's one of those guys that you know kind of rose through the ranks. Um, you know, football wasn't his first love. He hasn't been playing football his whole life, but there's a lot of talent there. I would think this year more than more than many others that we've seen. 
the need for the Cardinals to draft a player who will play right away. I don't know if it's been, I don't know if it's been as intense more so this year than it has in any other year. I, I, I think they've got to find a guy who plays right away this year. You, can, I don't know if you can afford the Zayvon Collins who sits for a year. Yeah, the Isaiah Simmons who sits for half a year, especially, especially if you're not going to go out and make a splash in free agency. And by now, there's really no one to make a splash with. When it comes to the edge rusher position, and you're counting on finding a guy in the draft who's going to make an immediate impact, man, the pressure on Steve Kime to not miss on this one and to produce a player who plays right away is intense. You've got to get this one right, and this dude has to play a lot right away if you're the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah. Listen, there's a Greek freak in the NBA. Why not a Greek freak in football? <laughs> um, right? Listen, I mean, you, you, you drafted Rondell Moore from Purdue. I mean, so, um, you know, it's, they put some good players in the NFL. It's a, it's a, you know, it's not a football factory, but it's a, it's a decent program. And, you know, the kids stayed home. And what do you have, 14 sacks and a bunch of forced fumbles and uh, disruptive player. I mean, you got, you're right. That guy's got to play right away. If you're going to take a chance on a guy like this, then and you're going to get one of the top five pass rushers. That guy's going to come in and play right away yeah. and have to get to the quarterback. Yeah, and, and I tell you, and it, and it goes beyond Steve Keim on draft day saying, this guy's our day one starter. It, it, has to, it, it can't just be a proclamation on draft day that the player is going to start. It has to be working hand-in-hand with Vance Joseph or or whatever coach in particular you got to work with to make sure that a player is going to get drafted that fits the system in a way that he can play right away. Right? It can't just be, a, we drafted this kid and, oh yeah, he's our day one starter. Absolutely, he's going to play. It's got to be working with the coaches to make sure the player that is selected is worthy of playing right away, is has the skill set to be able to play right away. Because Avon Collins didn't. It just wasn't a fit right away. And that's got to be the priority for whoever that first-round pick is going to be for the Cards. Right, be. right. No, I, I agree. And Avon, when you get to the first round, I think you look at wide receiver, you look at edge rush, you say, which okay, we like two guys. Which which guy's going to play? <laughs> you know, and that may come down to that. It may, it may not, you know, if you like both of them, it may come down to who who could make an impact from day one? Because we need help at those positions. Yep. The Burns and Gambo Show podcast. You can subscribe right now on your iPhone or your Android, just like you would any of your favorite podcasts you listen to. You'll never miss any of the shows. The Burns and Gambo Show podcast is brought to you by Carol Royce Keller Williams Realty East Valley. Get the most money selling your home for cash. Go to highestprice.com. That's highestprice.com. Are the Suns free of drama? Is that why the national shows, the national networks, the national websites don't spend a lot of time talking about them or writing about them? Some in the industry think so. We'll tell you who next on the Burns and Gambo Show. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Burns and Gambo, what's on tonight? I know it's not on tonight. The Lakers. <laughs> I know they're not on tonight. <laughs> I know TNT should pull. The, they haven't been on all year. Seriously, TNT should pull the plug on that crapola right now. Eighty-two fifty-six. I, I would have taped the halftime show. I would have loved to see what. The, what could they possibly say well, at halftime? Well, you know what? And because it's the Tuesday edition of TNT, it's not the Ernie, Kenny, Shaq, Chuck version. It's the uh, Dwayne Wade. Candace it's, Parker and Adam Lefko uh, yeah, and, and, and Shaq. But with Shaq, Shaq is there. 
And I, I wish I had taped it too because I think they were giving him Man. unholy grief for thinking the Lakers were going to beat the Suns in the I first round of the playoffs. I can't wait to hear the big podcast tomorrow after Seriously, this mess. The look on Shaq's face when they came out of the first half, I think the other four, the other three on that set, Gambo, must have been giving him hell about the Lakers. Just like, you think this team's going to beat the Phoenix Suns? Really? I know. It's, 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 it's one of so many stupid comments that have been made regarding the Phoenix Suns this year. Really, really I mean, been. honestly, I wish we would have kept track from the beginning of the year is how many stupid comments can be made about the Phoenix Suns. I mean, we would have a library fill Indeed. with them. Indeed. Uh, around, the, locally, there's nothing on tonight. Uh, none of the local teams are in action tonight. Around the NBA, there are some interesting games going on right now. I can tell you that. Philly's beating Milwaukee 88-79 going into the fourth quarter of that game. Uh, just tell me what you're going to watch then. Forget, forget about the games. What are you going to watch? What, what, what is the Burns household going to watch tonight? Uh, episode 1, Season 2 of The Marvelous Mrs. Meisel. Okay. It's a show on Amazon we started watching. We're, we're, right, we're, you got, got reeled back in, we, didn't we, we got re- we, we, It got off to a slow start for us. We like it. We're going to watch it. I think we're going to crank out a couple episodes right. tonight. What are you going to watch tonight, Gambo? You know, so I like the, the Vikings movies. So uh-huh. we're, we're probably on season five of Seven of Vikings with uh, Ragnar Lothbrok. We did watch the uh, Vikings Valhalla. That's the new one. And uh-huh. I think it's The Last Kingdom with uh, Uhtred of Bubenberg or whatever. I mean, I really like that. And that. There's a new one that dropped a couple of weeks ago, like a new season. But we're going to try to finish this Vikings. We kind of watch like one episode almost every night to uh, kind of watch it. But got to make sure the kids like this violence and sex uh-huh. in it. So you can't uh-huh. like watch uh-huh. it when the kids are around. So you have to wait for the kids to go to bed? I got to wait for the it? kids to go to bed. Fair. You know, okay. so. But the kids are at the age now where they're starting to watch like regular TV shows with us. Oh. So I'm at that point. Remember that point in life where, you know, like they like uh, my my son like was likes like this e- the Equalizer. Uh, that's the show. And then uh, the, the both kids like like uh, like Chicago Fire and Chicago PD and they and uh, the SWAT. They like SWAT. Um, so there's some sh- the, there's some shows that they kind of like watching with us now. <laughs> that's that's good. A family. That can watch TV shows where people kill other people. That's the kind of family that can really bond over no, the television, No, they don't right? watch the Vikings show together. <laughs> well, I'm sure there's some violence at those other shows, too, right, Gambo? And then there's like these, uh, the, I don't know, they, they, they've gotten into these playing games on the phone. So um, all of these games that we play, uh, you've guessed it. And there's um, wow. uh, all these games that they play on the phone. That, you know, I'm, uh, one is like, let's play Crazy 8. You can play it on your phone. So my daughter, Gabriella, my oldest daughter, plays it with me and the kids. Let's play Crazy 8. So um, that's something. So we, sometimes we play games on our phones. There are so many shows to watch. Sometimes I have a hard time keeping track. Like everyone says, oh, you should watch this show. You should watch that show. You should, you know, and it's like it, there's so, there are so, so many. many out there. Like it's it's hard to even know where to know. start. So like this this marvelous Mrs. Mizell we're watching now. People have been recommending this to us for I think a year, a year and a half. We're like all right, we'll get to it one of these days, and it's good. I'm glad we're watching it. But man, once we're done with this one, there's probably like ten other shows that everyone says, oh, you have to watch this, you have to watch that. Yeah, the thing little- is, like, you, uh, but you could like. Okay, a, a, a season comes out, and you could be done with it in 10 days. Yeah, if you're... Like, you could... 10 days, you could go through an entire season. If you really binge it. I don't know about you, though. We have a, a... The rule over at our house is, like, three episodes max. 
After three, I can't watch anymore. Per night? Per night. Like, oh, like, I can't do that. Like, like I after, like, I know some people who will watch seven or eight in a row. I can't do that. Uh, when I get to three, I'm done. I just don't care anymore. I need a break. You know, three's my limit. Yeah, I can't do that. I can't, I can't watch three, three's the um, three shows in a row. That's like like three hours almost. Well, yeah, depending on the show. Yeah, it's it's a little too much. Richard Jefferson this morning uh, unveiling his top five title favorites in the NBA. Of course he had the Suns on top. Number one, ladies and gentlemen, my hometown. Are we going to show yeah, the number, Phoenix Suns? Are the Phoenix Suns are number one, and the reason why they're number one is Tim Legler did this amazing piece. They had every single thing that you need. Do they have a dominant big? They yes, they have Aiden, and then they have Javale McGee, and then they have Biaz, uh, Bismack Biombo. Then do they have three and D guys? They have some of the best three and D guys in this league. You have Mikael Bridges, and you have Jay Crowder. Then do they have elite clutch time play? Uh, Chris Paul and Devin Booker are two of the most elite. Players. I think they rank either one and two or one and three in clutch time moments, lack of turnovers. They have every single thing you need to be dominant, and that's what they've been this year. They might not win a bunch of individual awards when the season is done, but there's no doubt as a team, the Phoenix Suns are, and with a record that they've got, they they should, they are getting tons of love this week. Tons of love on all the national shows for being what they are, the best team by a country mile in the NBA. Yeah, I I don't think that they lack the national attention, you know, that, you know, maybe early in the season, we, we may have criticized that they get the attention. Sometimes they get like ridiculous attention, like people that don't know what they're talking about and don't watch games. So you you kind of deal with that. The problem really isn't that the the Suns don't get attention or the Grizzlies and the Bucks don't get attention. It's just that the, the Lakers get too much. Yeah. I mean, it's really not. I mean, you know, if, if you take all the minutes that they spend wasted, just wasted on the Lakers, could go to Memphis and the Grizzlies, could go to the Timberwolves with how well the Timberwolves have played this year, could go to the I'm just You could share that wealth a little bit. This is not a Phoenix Suns thing. This is like you waste this exorbitant amount of time talking about a Lakers team that honestly nobody cares about. Yeah, and that's why that that time could be spread out among other teams that deserve it. I think, and this kind of speaks to that, Colin Cowherd on his show this morning talked about the media bias that absolutely exists against the Suns. Fans often complain about media bias. And a lot of times I'm like, you know, it's like the cancel culture. Take a deep breath. It's been around forever. But, you know, fans are right about this because Phoenix analytically is so far and away the best team in the NBA. And who do I cover? The Lakers. <laughs> who does everybody else cover? Brooklyn and Kyrie and all their drama. <laughs> At least he admits it, right? right. I, I appreciate the fact that he admits it. And he said the reason why. They're more fun to watch than anybody else in the league. They play at a pace that's fantastic. They pass. They don't rely on the three-point shot, but they can hit it. They're the best watch in the NBA, bar none. Why don't we talk about him? The truth is, there's no drama. The coach is chill. The players are chill. You know, Phoenix is a big enough city to talk about. We talk about Milwaukee. But you know, we used to talk about Milwaukee more when we thought Giannis was going to leave. Now that he's not and they've won, nobody talks about Milwaukee. Yeah, the, the, the Suns this year have been relatively drama-free. I didn't realize how close to the end of the show we were. That's going to do it for us. We are out of here. We'll see you tomorrow straight up 2 o'clock right here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Have a great night, everyone. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.